You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. And welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada. I am your host, Kathy Biasse, and I would like to thank you for joining us this morning. Today's show is being recorded, but we love your feedback and questions, and we do our very best to reply to you. So reach out to us at our email address, which is thh at radiomaria.ca. Uh, we have a Twitter account, it's at Radio Maria Can, or you can reach me personally on my Twitter account at Kathy underscore Biasse. Outside of my time here at Radio Maria, I have a private practice that centers primarily on nutrition oncology. So I work with active cancer patients and those who are in the prevention phase of their disease. We work closely on their diet and lifestyle modifications as they're going through, um, through their protocols, whether it's in the medical, the complementary aspect of care, or a combination of both. I've studied quite a bit. I'm always on the lookout for new information. I, I'm, a, I'm a student. I'm a student of the industry in cancer. And although my education is continually evolving and my book knowledge is, is growing, I think what makes my success as someone dealing with cancer patients is the ability to relate to them on a personal level. Almost six years ago, I myself was diagnosed with breast cancer, and as I mentioned in an earlier show, my cancer protocol included both the medical and the complementary aspects of cancer care. So I, I do know firsthand the emotions that are attached to a cancer diagnosis, the emotions that can be elicited from you know initial disbelief to anger from denial to fear, and then then the actual acceptance of the diagnosis. And, you know, working in the industry, I'm seeing more and more survivors, and, and cancer is becoming more of a chronic, uh, somewhat manageable disease. But still, that initial diagnosis is enough to uh, shake your foundation. At the end of the day, though, I think one of the strongest indicators in success of a protocol is how we choose to handle the adversity. When we're faced with, uh, with a cancer diagnosis, when we're faced with any adversity, how we choose to deal with it can often dictate very strongly our outcome. And as our mind goes, I honestly believe our body goes physiologically different hormones are enacted with different moods. And if you're able to face forward and meet the challenges of what's in store for us, 
our body reacts not just emotionally, but also physically. So I'm a very strong proponent of putting people in the right mindset almost before or at least in tandem with the protocols that I'm initiating. Having someone by your side, someone to look up to, someone who has gone through a similar experience can be a profound source of strength and an inspiration to carry on, especially when you feel that you're almost at the end of your rope. And that's what today's show is about. It's about inspiration. Our guest today is a young man who at the age of 17 was diagnosed with cancer and who today at the age of 24, he just turned 24 actually, he uses his experiences to inspire and to give courage and strength to others who are struggling with a similar fate. His hashtag is live to inspire and he's making a difference in our health world. And when we come back, I will introduce you to this amazing young man, Stefan Pietrobono. We'll be right back. Some days life feels perfect, other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Broken, live or die So speak life Other days my thoughts just fall apart I do, I don't, I will, I won't It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well it's crazy to imagine Words from my lips as the arms of compassion Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak
feels perfect. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada. Once again, please reach out to us. Our email is thh at radiomaria.ca. Our Twitter account is at Radio Maria Can. And my personal Twitter account, if you want to reach out to me, is at Kathy underscore Biasse. Today, we are joined in studio by Stefan Pietrobono. As I mentioned, Stefan recently turned 24. He is a kinesiology graduate from the University of Toronto and an MBA graduate from the Odette School of Business. And as I mentioned uh, briefly, he is a cancer survivor. At the age of 17, Stefan was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma stage B. Do I have that right, Stefan? Yeah, 3B. It's 3B. Well, welcome to the show. I really appreciate you being here, and especially in studio. It's so nice to have a face to talk to. Um, before we get into, you know, how life has changed since your diagnosis, can you explain to us what um, what type of cancer you had? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me again, Kathy. It's our pleasure. Um, so, so basically, I had Hodgkin's lymphoma, and um, at like you said, at an early age, it's a very tough kind of diagnosis to really to really have. Um, but you know what, it's, it's something that you learn from and you grow from, and you obviously get a lot of blessings in disguise. Um, uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma is a, a cancer of the blood and the immune system. Um, so, uh, my, my journey is a little unique. Uh, I didn't show any symptoms. So, um, it was kind of just a physical telltale with the tumor, uh, the side of my neck. And, um, you know, growing up, I was always an athlete, so I was very active and, I was always, wherever there's a ball in the playground, you'd always see me. I would always be that kind of guy. Um, took care of my diet. I was very um, a health freak, I guess you could say. Um, but it was kind of interesting because as I was playing very competitive hockey, uh, I kind of seemed a little tired at times. Um, but I never really saw anything wrong with me um, until I, I kind of saw this bump, little uh, little bump develop a little more. And... Um, yeah, that's when I kind of decided it was time to go. It, it was kind of more of a concern and worrying me as a, as an individual. Um, so I, I had to get that checked out, and and that's when that's when kind of things came down. So tell us about that. I know we were speaking earlier about the the situation around your diagnosis. It was you had a lot going on in your life, and then to get this cancer diagnosis added to it. So maybe you could let everybody know. At that at that time, what your experience was and how you felt with with getting this news? Yeah, um, so I, I kind of like to describe um, my battle in in three kind of phases. Um, in the initial in the initial point where you kind of get diagnosed or in that process, it's it's a lot of shock. It's a lot of shock, and and really you don't really know what to feel. You're you're not you don't have many emotions going through. You kind of feel numb. Um, I, I really do remember, um, everything that happened that day. And, uh, I remember, you know, my oncologist sitting right beside me and Dr. Shake was his name and at sick kids, right? At sick kids. Yeah. So I, I was 17 and I was kind of very lucky to get that kind of treatment at sick kids because I was the older guy. I was, mm-hmm. I was the oldest there. So I'm kind of lucky there because they have incredible doctors and 
the best of the best. And I guess one more year later, you would have been flipped to the the and adult centers. Exactly. And and that's kind of what did happen a little bit with uh, my radiation. But uh, I did finish my chemo even when I was eight, uh, at, at uh, Prince, sorry, at guess at Sickens. And then Princess Margaret was uh, the radiation. So you were downtown quite a bit. I was, yeah, I was. <laughs> and then you were talking earlier to me uh, before we went on the air about, um, I think it was your it was your grandfather mm-hmm. that had passed away right yeah. at the same time. Yeah, so I, I could I could walk you through kind of that day. Um, so after having my physical appointment, my my family doctor she knew right away what it was. Unfortunately, she obviously couldn't tell me because that wasn't her her expertise or her specialty. But she knew the protocol, what to do. Uh, she sent me down for blood work. Um, and the next day at Sick Kids, they called me. They gave me a call, um, maybe ten in the morning or so. And uh, not too not too long after that, my my mom told me. She said, "Hey." Um, Papa died, you know, your grandfather passed away. Um, we're going to have to start getting stuff ready for the funeral. And this is where I told my parents, I was like, but we have to go to sick kids before that we need to, they really need to see us. So that's where, um, going back to Dr. Shake, that's where, uh, things happen. And they did a little more tests on me and we were there pretty much all day. We were there for about five, six hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we were all dressed in black, ready to go to the funeral afterwards. And, um, yeah, he, he told me right across the table, Stefan, I don't know how to tell you this, it's, uh, you know, but you, you have cancer. We're not too sure which kind it is. It could be leukemia. It could be lymphoma, but we're going to have to do some more tests. And right when he said that, it was kind of like, you know, um, like, a, you know, the Snoopy voice, like the want, want, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't hear anything after that. I was just completely numb. I didn't cry. I didn't feel anything. I look around the room. My parents, obviously, very upset. Everyone's just a wreck. And, um, it really, it really was a shock. It, it couldn't sink in at all. Um, and it was just, it was just so fast that you really didn't have much time to think and you, you didn't even know if it was real life. No, I, and, and I, as I mentioned earlier, I can totally relate. Now I was young when I got diagnosed, um, 47, but you're a child mm-hmm. and the differences in what must have gone through your mindset compared to what went through minds, my mindset, I'm sure are, are very different, but the commonality is, is the numbness. And anybody who has had a diagnosis would, would probably concur that within about a minute, you've probably passed through three or four stages of brain waves and emotions. And, and then you're thrown into a system so fast that you hardly have time to breathe. And so you went through, treatment you took how long to get through your your process yeah uh so i was diagnosed uh late june and uh doctors thought i was gonna i was gonna be over a year or so because of the late stages so basically the way you know how the the stages work with cancer goes up to four they they thought the three b is almost like a 3.5 basically so it was a very aggressive cancer um but uh, because it was a it was a very aggressive cancer because I was in such good shape, so it kind of masked the symptoms. I didn't show any symptoms, mm-hmm. so it kind of started in my collarbone, then it went to the side of my esophagus, and then it went to my spleen, um, and it was really taking over my body. And so I, I'm really happy. I, I literally caught it at that time, even though it was so late in the game. Uh, I'm very happy I caught it at that time because at that point, if it were to go any further, it would have been bone marrow. So. Obviously aggressive, obviously scary. I don't care what age you are. Mm-hmm. You you understand the fear and you understand you understand the consequences if you don't mm-hmm. get this under under wraps very quickly. Who did you lean on to at the time? Did you have a strong support system that 
that helped set your mind and set you on a pace through cancer? Absolutely. I think the support, uh, the support system that I had uh, over the eight months uh, was absolutely incredible. And I, I couldn't imagine I've done by myself without them. Um, so w- growing up, I, I know a lot of people, my parents know a lot of people and initial reaction, there's a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a lot of reaching out, hoping your son's okay, this and that. Um, my mom actually, uh, she created, she heard from one of the nurses to create this website, uh, blog, it's called Caring Bridge. Yes. And it's for families kind of going through difficult and hardships, different, t- uh, difficult times in their lives. And it's to basically give a, a reach. So it's kind of like to update everyone on how they're doing. So my mom took it under her wing to to do this every day and to put a blog up every single day uh, for the eight months. Even even in the hospital, she found a way. Mm-hmm. It was really amazing because sometimes when people were like, oh, what happened today? Like we had a following. It was awesome. It was absolutely amazing. We literally had a following and people were were so concerned and so um, wanting to know. Um, so she she created these posts every day. Um, and by the end of the journey, um, a publisher came up to her and asked if she wanted to put it into a book. Oh, really? So my my battle is, it's it's literally my story, but it, it is a story. Um, so my mom literally published this blog journal into um, what is now my, the story of my life. Well, that, that that's, that's amazing. Yeah. How, how did your friends react? I mean, you know, as a, as a, an adult or an older person, you know, we have other people that we know definitely around our age that have been touched with a cancer diagnosis. But at the age of 17, um, not a lot of kids would have had experience with dealing with someone. And you were in grade 11. I was a grade 12. You were in grade 12. I was 12. in the grade 11 summer going into grade 12. So preparing for university. Well, going into grade 12, finishing my last year and then, yeah, university afterwards. Did you have to take time off of school? Um, so uh, I I did, but I did try to go to school as much as I could. The difficulty with Hodgkin's lymphoma and dealing with the immune system is if someone's sick, mm-hmm. I can't be around that. It, it's tough because I get it bad. And so um, my immune system was kind of shot. Um, so it was it was tough. But at the same time, teachers were obviously very understanding. And um, I, I did go to school whenever I could. I still tried to get on the ice whenever I could or, you know, um, even have some fun with some friends, whatever I could do. But it was very, it was very quarantined, very uh, small. And well if someone controlled. was, yeah. And if someone was sick, they, they knew not to show up. They would just give me a call. What were your friends like at school? Yeah. So it, it's, you remember those live strong bracelets. Um, my dad actually came up with the incredible idea of making my own live strong bracelets. So she, he basically um, had these lime green because that's the ribbon of, of my cancer uh, lime green, uh, glow in the dark, uh, Stefan's chain of courage bracelets. And, uh, he ended up getting a, a ton of these in bulk and everyone in the high schools were wearing these every single, like 800 people, people were people that we didn't even know were wearing these and getting a hold of these. And my, I remember my mom was in a, a grocery store and she says, Oh, like, you know, Stefan too. And my mom's, my mom st- stays beside her and she's like, yeah, that's my son. <laughs> and it was it was amazing because, uh, you know, a random person that my mom had never met in her life had one of these bracelets. And it, it just goes to show you how many people care and how many people are there for you, uh, even if you don't necessarily know them. Um, yeah, that's true. And, you know, with some, at least in my own experience, maybe you can talk to this. Some people don't know how to show mm-hmm. um, their concern. They don't know. They don't want to impose. So doing something like that 
helps other people to relate to you too. And it shows you solidarity, even if they can't be speaking to you all the time. And during those times of treatment, I'm sure it was you and your parents. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a younger brother, two years younger. You yeah. have like- and he, he had a hard time for sure. I, I, you know, I feel for him, but yeah, he, he kind of got in the sidelines for a bit. Um, cause I was obviously going through a tough time and he understands obviously, but, uh, he was there for me, no doubt. That's amazing. Huge. Having a strong support system is just, uh, it, you know, it, it's just, it's vital to getting through and, and, and I admire, obviously this is the launch pad and the people in your life have, have inspired you to go and help others. Um, you and I both know that there are people that don't have a strong support network and, to that end, also, there are people that just can't get their head turned around their diagnosis. To ha- have somebody like you at your age who was able to take this and turn it into something positive is mm-hmm. is inspiring for everybody. Yeah, and, you. you know, and I hate to to take that old adage of turning lemons into lemonade. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're just no, you know, it's a simple analogy for everybody to understand. And, and this is what you've done. And when we get back from our quick break here, we're going to dive deep into uh, into your inspirational speaking and to talk about your your hashtag live to inspire and, and what you are, what you're planning to do in future. So we'll be right back, everybody.
You are listening to The Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email healthhub at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, and we are in studio with Stefan Petrobono. So, Stefan, you've gone through your cancer journey. Um, we approached it similarly. We took a year, put our heads down, and plowed through. Mm-hmm. So where are you at now, health-wise? Back to, back to where you were before? I'm, I'm back, and I'm back better than ever. Excellent. Are you playing hockey still? I am. Been on the ice. I'm, uh, you know, getting with friends. I'm doing traveling. I'm... I'm, I'm living my life. You're living your life. And that's what we want everyone to do. So how has, let's get right into, right into what uh, inspired me to have you on the show. How have you used this year, eight months of your life to influence and inspire others that are going through the same thing as you did? Yeah. Um, I think the best way that I can put it is I kind of viewed it. Um, I viewed it obviously as an uphill battle. And, uh, I also viewed it that, um, with the quote, how there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is obviously how I, I viewed my battle and I faced it. Uh, there were many people behind me supporting me uh, or even inspiring me um, to push me and to continue fighting. Um, having cancer has truly opened my life to the true meaning of life and helped me appreciate every day to its absolute fullest. I consider myself very lucky in a world that's so unfair. And and it's a harsh reality because sometimes we've, we both know it could be taken from you in a second. Um so live the life you love and love the life you live. Um, I think we should all be positive and refrain from the negative, although this might be hard and a hard statement to live by, especially because life can be very difficult and, and very hard to see the good and the positive in every situation. 
but at the time we might not understand why it's being put in our lives. Um, but there will come a time that where our eyes will open and understand the reasons that they've happened. Um, a quote that really sticks out to me uh, was life can be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Yeah. That's, that's actually profound when you stop to think about it. Mm-hmm. Who do you speak to Stefan? Where are your speaking engagements? How many people are, are in your audiences? Yeah. I've uh, ever since I, I've been cured and I, I conquered my feet. Um, I've been, I, I said to myself, I would do absolutely anything and everything that I can to, to give back. Um, so many people helped me during my time of need and now it's my turn to kind of repay it. And, um, I, I've been affiliated with the um, lymphoma, uh, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. I've been an ambassador for them for the last five, six years. Um, I do a lot of motivational speaking events there, um, which which is which is at certain companies or, or even at large events of like five thousand people. So the impact and the reach is incredible. I do a lot of stuff with the sick kids, um, and I've I've even been uh, live uh, on CP twenty four with Steve Ledrew. Um, so anything and everything that I can do to make a difference and make an impact uh, towards finding a cure for cancer, I, I'm there. And I even actually donated my hair. Um, oh, did you? Yeah. Which is growing nicely again, I see. Thank you. <laughs> Ready thank for you. another donation. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, anything and everything that I can do to give back, I, I'm there. Who contacts you? Who are the people that, uh, you know, help you spread your word and influence people? Yeah, so social media has been incredible. It's it's um it's been amazing because I can really get my voice out there uh, to a lot amount uh, a large amount of people, and I, I get such great feedback. And people love the posts that I have, the inspiration, the motivation that comes with it, and people reach out through that as well. And um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, even Twitter. Um, and then I also have a lot of friends who um, who would contact me who who think of people that are going through difficult or similar hardships in their life, and and I could even help them a little bit of coaching, give them some insights, some you know positive motivation to to continue their battle and and keep fighting. So you take your word beyond the cancer realm. Absolutely, yes. Oh, excellent! Is this what you want to do for your career? Is that where you're where you're it's, aiming, or is this something that's just completely uh, of your heart? You know. Um, a lot of people talk about purpose in life. And to me, I was very lucky, although not lucky how it happened, but I was fortunate enough to, to find it at a, a young age. At 17 years old, after com- overcoming cancer, you really do have an entire new lens on life. Mm-hmm, you, do. Um, you, d- you have a different perspective of the world and the people around you and, and what truly matters. Because when you're at difficult times where you're not too sure what's going to happen with with your future you really start to realize and wonder what really matters in your life. So you really do want to want to cherish it all and you want to relish the simple pleasures in life because, uh, like I said, it it could all be gone. So you really want to make make everything worthwhile. You do. And and let's bring this back into scope here a bit, too. And perhaps you being at a, at a different age in your life than I was, I'm when I people ask me about, uh, you know, my fears and what I went through and, and what what life is like now. I'll, I'll often use the phrase that, um, you know, it never goes away. The fear of cancer, it's always, you know, right there under my skin when I, you know, if I stop to think about it, it doesn't seem like six years ago. And I don't like, I have to go for follow-ups. I don't know if that's in your, in your protocol right now, but I have to go for follow-ups and I don't like that. Um, the fear for me, there's always something underlying and I try and, and live my life, um, 
you know, inspired by the fact that I, that I am here and similar to you, I, I'm going to live my life as it is. But do you have those same fears or have, you know, as I said, being a younger person, do you just put them in the back and then there's, there's really nothing that, that you're worried about right now? You know, at, at the back of your mind, there's always something there um, because of the follow-up appointments that you have or, or even because you, you hear of certain side effects that it could cause in the long yes. term. Um, you have a few, I have had a few scares since then, since over the, the last six years, I've had a, a couple of scares and yeah, that's the, that's the thing that, that really does scare you sometimes. It's like, wow, like this could, is this back? Like what's going on? Um, yeah. so, so yeah, to an extent you, there's, there is something to think of there because it's happened once before you'd never want to think of that again. And I would never want to wish it upon my worst enemy because, you know, it's something that no one should ever have to go through. Um, but unfortunately, it's the number one killer in this world. And, and you know what? We have to do something about it. And we need to really start start making a difference and finding cures for this. You're right. And I and I bring that up because, again, I want to bring it back to the humane part of dealing with this disease. And, you know, when I look at Stefano sitting across from me, uh, I, I see nothing but a picture of health. But I know the mind games that can go on with with a disease. And, and to bring this back to a personal touch Stefan can reach people not just showing that he's got through the disease, but he also can touch people with, you know, living with the fact that he has been through the disease and that he can share personal experiences with people. Have you have you seen the effect? Have you do you deal with people on a on a one to one basis at all, or is it is it in just the realm of of a public speaking? Because uh, you know, I find you know in my own practice, people. People who have somebody to talk to who can relate to the disease, they're just able to touch somebody on a level that, you know, a well-wisher or a supporter or a loved one can't. And and to me, that's where the beauty of what you're doing can really benefit people. So tell me, you know, a little bit about who you are actually speaking to. Is it young children? Are you speaking to adults? The, the one-to-one bit, do people come up and ask, you know, ask for your help? Absolutely. Um, I've, I've, uh, had people approach me of, of various ages, um, different walks of life and at, at charity events or, or even through my phone number, someone has gotten through from my, from friends, uh, one-on-one, um, talking to coaching, um, mentoring, um, is definitely something that I do and something that I, I'm an advocate for. And I, I love helping people. And, and the reason why I, I love to do that is because I, I know what you've been through and, Sure, I understand that no battle is the same, but we all have similarities. We could all find similarities in every battle. Um, and, and sometimes we need those things to hear because you're not alone. And you want to help, you want to, you want to help someone that's going through something, something that you went through. It's very true. And you were talking earlier about your mom with her blog and mm-hmm. how are your parents? My parents are great. Yeah, they're great. Um, you know, I think a big part of that was also, you know, like you said, mentality. My parents have always instilled in me a, a very positive frame of mind. Um, They're always very positive people and inspiring, um, always telling me that I could do and achieve anything that I want in life. And, uh, you know, that those are stuff, those are things that you, you bring with on, on battles like these, because um, it really brings, brings you to your roots and, and you, you really understand what really matters. And, you know, you think of stuff that you think of positive all the time, all the time, all the time. But at times, you know, you might think of negative times and those are the times where you have to pick yourself up and you have to really bring yourself back from where you were. You're always positive. You're always, you know, living for a better cause or better reason. And, and yeah, like they, they were huge, 
Huge, huge. Well, obviously, they must be wonderful people because you're you're a wonderful young man, and um, you're you're on on the path of writing your own book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were telling me, and what's that about? Yeah. Um. So so my book is basically it's cancer or my experiences through my eyes, um, the various situations that I've encountered and um, different mentalities that I had throughout it and different strategies or or different tactics that I use to tackle it. Um, I think a big important part that I, I need to note here is um, I never let cancer take over my life. How, and how did, how did you stay in that mindset at such a, such a young age? You know what? It's, it's something, it's something that you literally just have to, you put your head down and you just have to do it. You have to put everything on pause. You have to focus with what really matters, which is your health and your life. You put everything on pause. You, you focus and hone in on what matters and then you could always pick up from where you left to. So I, it, obviously it's, it's something that's very hard to do. But when you, when I say I didn't let cancer take over my life, I still tried to go to school. You know, I still tried to, you know, see friends whenever I could. And I knew that if, if I didn't, if I didn't get, if I gave up my daily routine or if I, if I gave up certain things in my life, that's when I started to know that cancer was going to creep up on me and, and eventually take my life. Which leads us back again to the mindset and that's something that I, I truly believe in. You know, did you ever go through dark times? Were you always positive? You know what? I, I think uh, for the majority, I was definitely positive, but there were definitely times that it was it was tough to really get yourself out of that slump or, um, you know, you might have an off day, side effects were hurting you. Um, the chemo was really a bad day that day or radiation, whatever it might have been. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot going on. There's so many mixed emotions and, um, you know, sometimes it feels like an out of body experience because you're just, you're just so, so much is going on and you're just, you're forced to do it. You're just forced to do it. That's it. Like you just have to do it at that point. You can't, you can't wonder, like you can't be angry at yourself. You can't be wondering what's going to happen. You, you have to do it. You just have to do it. You have to really believe in yourself that you can achieve anything. And you have to know that, Anyone can do what I did. Anyone can do what you did. You need to just change the way you think. You need to be positive. You need to always have the routine of never giving up and being resilient to life because we'll all be through battles. We'll all be, be through the ringer and we'll, we'll all have adversity come at one mm-hmm. point or another in our life. And so it's like you said before, it's how we overcome that adversity. Mm-hmm. Because once we do that, that's what really shapes you into being who you are and your character that you become. Now, I want, you know, this is called the health hub and I, and I'd like to relate everything back to health and this, and this is where, you know, the idea and the inspiration of you uh, having you on the show comes from. And it's something that I alluded to earlier in the show, where your mind goes, your body goes. So can you tell me about some times when you really noticed you had some down times and then when you turn things around, how you physiologically felt better, not just, you know, it wasn't just something that, no, I got to get better. This isn't the, the real me, but tell us how it works physiologically when you actually take your, your mind, turn it around and head in a direction that, that is more positive. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the, um, the one, the one thing that sticks out to me the most there is, uh, my hair very long. I love my hair all my life. And, you know, I asked the doctor right away, doc, is my hair going to fall out? She says, you're going to lose everything. So I'm like, okay. So as I started to see it start to fall out, um, I said, dad, book an appointment. I'm going to go and get and shave my head. And, and that's when I, 
you know, sure, I was very upset. I was very upset and, um, you know, I just didn't want to do it. But I took the Clippers and I shaved my own head. And that's where I felt that I was in control and I was dictating what was going to happen. So to an extent, once you change your mind, your body changes with it because you're healthier. Your, your mind is healthy. Your body is healthy. That's right. And, and that's where it starts because, um, you know, as, as we get older and, you know, sometimes your mind might start to wander away a little bit. That's when your body can also start to wither away. So you have to be mentally tough. You have to be mentally strong. Um, that is something that is that is the most important thing that you need to understand is having the positive mentality. It, uh, you know, as I said, physiologically, it makes a difference. But it, interesting when you say about losing your hair, this isn't a phenomenon that affects just women. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we always think about how women are going to react to losing their hair, but it's, it's, it's an emotional thing for men to lose their Absolutely. hair. And, and you're showing the difference between reacting to a situation and taking charge of a situation. And from what I've read, Stefan, this is, you know, this is the crux of your message, um, I have, I have one of your speeches here in front of me, but if you, if you're able to, maybe you could read, you know, some of the inspirational messages that you're, you're giving out when you do your talks. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I could, I could talk about a live to inspire hundred percent. Um, you know, take every day as it comes and live it to the absolute best of your ability. Create positivity, awareness, leadership, and inspiration among others to channel the power of you the very power we all possess deep down inside us. It can shape your life in ways you've never imagined, and it, it can impact those around you. It most definitely can even inspire the world in which we live in. Be the creator to your own story, for every chapter you write is a footprint on the page in the direction you travel, continuing your journey in the story called life. Live a life full of passion, a positive mind, a good attitude, and the routine of never giving up. What's the response been from people? Incredible. People absolutely love, love the inspiration, the motivation. Do you think you're reaching the young people more or the parents of children that are going through? Are you, are you targeting a specific age group or are you working with, with the young adults for sure? I I get a lot of uh, response from that and as well as older adults as well. Um, I've I've touched base with obviously uh, younger children. Um, You have to little, you have to phrase it a little differently. Um, be more simple with them, mm-hmm. but um, young adults for sure is where I would would say would be my audience. Here's a, a tough group that I that I you know I feel I feel for deeply when you're dealing with young children. I, I see the heartache in the parents' eyes. And do you have do you have words of wisdom, or do your parents speak to you about what their emotions were going through the time? I you know I'm a mom. I'm a mom of four. And I, you know, I, I lived through my own cancer diagnosis, but I, I can't, I can't imagine watching a child of my own go through it. And, you know, it, it breaks my heart sometimes when I'm dealing with, with little wee ones and I see, I see the parents suffering. So do you have inspiration for the parents? Yeah. Um, you know, being, being at sick kids, you see a lot of it. You do. Um, and, and you know what, to an extent, those individuals, those young kids were, were ones that were pushing me as well. Like, even though they might've not not had any idea what was going on, um, especially at that young age. It's very hard to kind of understand what's happening with your life. Mm-hmm. Um, they did give me motivation as well and inspiration um, to the parents. Um, you know, it's it's obviously a very difficult time. It's very hard to see um, your child 
go through something so difficult where you feel helpless, you feel like you can't help them. Um, be there for them. Be positive. Continue to continue to be the best mom and dad that you are. And uh, you know, life life is tough. Life is tough. Um, but it's sometimes it's how we overcome these these different hardships in life. Um, it gets us through. It gets us through things, and it becomes a better. We can, we become a better family. We become more solid, more strong. Um, you know, be there for your kid. Just be there for your kid. Um, let them let them try to whatever they need. You know, try to get them to it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it is tough watching. Uh, you know, when you watch a little one, you see a little one who's a year and a half. You know, they don't have the stress. They don't, they don't read into the disease. It's lived by the parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is a group that I, you know, I, I'm, I feel especially um, sorry for when we're talking about things like this. So what are your future plans? How are you trying to propagate uh, Live to Inspire? What are you doing with this hashtag? Yeah, so I'm, I'm continuing to speak at, at different various charity events. Um, uh, anything, anything with cancer. Obviously, uh, I, I'm a huge advocate for um, hockey, cha- hockey tournaments, um, you know, walks, uh, whatever it might be. I'm obviously trying to speak at. Um, I also do a little bit of workshops uh, with different companies, um, as well as anything with social media. I try to just inspire through reach. Um, I think that social media is a, a huge way for me to impact uh, the millions that I hope to inspire. Um, and and yeah. Awesome. So uh, with your, your MBA and your schooling and what are you, what are your future plans? Yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to break into the sport and entertainment industries. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm obviously keeping stuff close to home and close to the heart with me, which is, you know, being an advocate for cancer and, um, finding cures. Um, I'm, I, that's, those are the two things that are important to me. And, um, I'm not going to stop until it's there. Awesome. Well, you are an inspiration. How can people get a hold of you, Stefan? Yeah, they could get a uh, hold of me on Facebook, uh, Stefan Pietrobono, Twitter, uh, SPietrobono4. Uh, same with Instagram, SPietrobono4. Okay. And, and you're welcome to have anybody get a hold of you and open to, to dialogue with Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Anytime. So anybody who's looking to have some some inspiration and a wonderful young man, um, to talk to. He really is. I I can't say enough about him. He's, uh, he's someone that's uh, been around our family. My kids are actually friends with him. And, uh, just recently I've, I've really had a chance to talk to him and he's, he's a very dear person, dear in my heart. And that might not be a good word to say to a 24 year old, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just think he's an exceptional young man. So thank you so much for being in studio to come down here on a rainy day. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Again, for his me. hashtag. Sorry about that, Stefan. Again, his hashtag is live to inspire. Please do uh, get a hold of him. You will not be sorry. He's he's wonderful, as I said. Um, and before we sign off, I just wanted to give you a little nutrition tip. This is something that I use often in practice is ginger. Ginger is a great aid for digestion. It helps to relieve an upset stomach and enhances your immunity and it reduces inflammation. And all of these things are, you know, very important in a cancer protocol, but in a wellness protocol as well. And when you're using ginger, you can cut it up into small pieces and put it into the freezer so it's on hand for you and make teas with it and so forth. Um, best not to take the skin off. There's a lot of nutrient value in, in the skin of ginger. A lot of people feel that they have to, to peel it right away, but 
There are some dishes and recipes where you prefer not to have the look of, of the peel. So instead of using your potato peeler or a knife, use the side of a spoon and you can peel it quite easily. But uh, keep those skins and put them in water and boil them with other pieces of ginger. And a great, as I said, for, for overall health. So thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Health Hub. I wish you a great week and we will talk to you soon. been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.